You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Stacey Barenfest. I'm Margie Feltune. This is the Marcus Garrett. And you're listening to the Earn and Invest podcast. It was March 2020, and I was at the Economy Conference standing on the stage. I was the last speaker. As I was giving my talk, I felt all the tension and anxiety leave as I looked out on the crowd, and I had them. I could see their breaths going in and out, their chests moving up and down, And it's what I live for in public speaking, that connection, that being with people. Little did I know that shortly after that event, the pandemic would kick in and we would pretty much go on shutdown. Almost every meeting and speech I had planned for the next year either disappeared or went virtual. And I had a bunch of them. And in fact, I work in a speaker's bureau, a physician speaker's bureau, and I had a number of my talks canceled, but one did go virtual. And I remember getting all prepared. I got my ring light ready and my computer and my mic. And I stood up and I gave this talk to a Zoom meeting and it just wasn't the same. It didn't have that same feeling. I didn't feel the same connection. And yet... It seems more important than ever to understand our virtual footprint, our identity, or dare I say, our brand. And not just for us content producers. And speaking of your virtual presence, I know a lot of us have been spending most of our time online lately. So where do you go to find out the newest, best, and greatest when it comes to financial information? Well, I go to wallethacks.com. That's W-A-L-L-E-T-H-A-C-K-S dot com. My friend Jim Wang created this website to teach us about credit cards, banking, investing, insurance, loans, you name it. It is covered on WalletHacks. They recently did an article on Tally. This is an app that simplifies your credit card payments. It's a good place to go and learn about different apps and different tools that we can use in our personal finance journey. Jim created WalletHacks.com to help demystify money. For far too long, experts have made it complicated so they can make money off you. WalletHacks offers no products, no services, just information to help you become better with your money, and best of all, it's free. 
Check them out at wallethex.com. That's W-A-L-L-E-T-H-A-C-K-S dot com. And be sure to sign up for their free newsletter. Marcus Garrett is a motivational speaker, staff development manager, and author of Debt Free or Die Trying, How I Buried Myself in $30,000 of Debt and Dug My Way Out. He also co-founded Paychecks and Balances, one of my favorite platforms and podcasts. Marcus, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you here. You were on previously with your former co-host, Rich. We had a great conversation then, and I'm looking forward to another good one now. Margie Feldhuhn is the co-owner of Interview Connections, the first and leading podcast booking agency. Margie and her business partner lead an in-house staff of over 20 full-time employees in their now virtual Rhode Island office and have successfully scaled the agency to multiple seven figures. Margie, we were talking about this before the show you were really before your time, especially now that I'm looking at it in the lens of this pandemic. You guys were talking about podcast booking back in 2015. Yes. And, you know, we had to educate the market for a long time about why they should care about virtual speaking and networking opportunities. And the biggest change in 2020 is that nobody needs to be told why it's important anymore. Yeah, it's a, a pretty incredible change. And in fact, that's the major impetus for doing this episode today. Stacey Berenfuss is on a mission to guide female changemakers to freedom and fulfillment to be limitless and leave a legacy. Stacey is the founder of Catalyst Group and creator of the Inside Out Success Method, a system at the core of her premier consulting program for female changemakers, Limitless with Stacey B. Stacey, it's great to meet you. Great to meet you. I'm glad to be here today. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Let's just jump right in with you, Stacey. I was reading a blog post on your website, and I'm going to quote you here. You said, there are many ways that you can view the current circumstances in the world, but at the core, I believe this is an opportunity to evolve. Talk about what that looks like to you personally in 2020. Talking about 2020 and all of the crazy situations that have happened, for me, it's been a total 180 evolution of not only, you know, my brand and business, but how we operate. You know, I I have a residential real estate team and we have the brick and mortar office. Everything is boots on the ground. And so we have adapted and evolved in bringing everything on Zoom and utilizing tools like Zoom, you know, to navigate that market. But really, I think the opportunity that this has given us more so as a collective is the opportunity to flush out the things that no longer serve us. I think that COVID has forced us to look at at that stuff and take a step back and ask ourselves, is this really what I want? Is this direction that I want to pursue? And then make adjustments accordingly. Marcus, let's talk about some of those adjustments. You started 2020 as half the duo of Paychecks and Balances. In fact, that was a big part of your virtual footprint. You since have transitioned from that role. Talk to me a little bit about your strategy in 2020. How did it feel to leave that platform, to leave that virtual brand that you had? It's difficult. I'm going through it in real time. So building up the Marcus Garrett, I guess, technically been building it the whole time. I can't remember. I think I started the Instagram about two years ago and it was just kind of one of those things. Uh, I think I wanted to do something under paychecks and balances. It didn't really seem like a good fit. And I was like, it seems like a, a cool idea. And 
then I was like, well, Instagram's free. <laughs> so I was like, well, let me just launch this platform, see what happened. I really just started testing out ideas like uh, as, as people tend to do and started building a following there. And then I was like, okay, well, let me start up a website. And so for, for my particular circumstance, it started without any real strategy and the pandemic became the catalyst. As Stacy was talking about, when figuratively, I'll, I'll say at that time, I thought it was literally when I thought the world was ending. So we all have our <laughs> pandemic story. I was in Bali and there was really a point where we were like, are they going to let us back in the United States? They were like shutting down airports and, you know, we're trying to enjoy the beaches and sands. And every time you log on social media, it's like the world is ending. There's no toilet paper. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're like, hmm, okay. And it supercharged where I want to spend my time. For me, and I've told this on a few podcasts, two other events in addition to the pandemic that really had an aha for a moment for me was actually the passing of uh, Kobe Bryant, which I believe was in August. But Kobe was 43, 44. And then the passing of Chadwick Bowman. I'm 37. And I really took a step back, like, where do I want to spend my time? Because it's finite. Was it hard to move from a brand of Paychecks and Balances, which was a little bit more generic to actually going to your specific name, right? The Marcus Garrett. So you're self-identified here. Were you very thoughtful about that change? Yes and no. Honestly, the Marcus Garrett came because I am Marcus Garrett was taken. He's a (laughs) six foot six Kansas basketball player that is dominating the Google homepage and preventing me from getting on the homepage. And so I was like, and he goes by Marcus Zero. I'm like, this guy is killing me. So the Marcus Garrett was available. So that's the story behind the Marcus Garrett. Uh, It very easily would have been I am Marcus Garrett. And more so to better answer the question, I really wanted to do something that stood or fell on my success. Uh, I've actually started like four or five, six brands, which is actually what I talk about now. And I just wanted to have something, uh, going back to that, the pandemic response for me, it was like, I want something that would be a legacy and and what better or easier thing than it's it's my name. And, you know, we'll see in real time where the, the brand goes. A lot of it was inorganic at first. Like I didn't really have a strategy and I'm actually backfilling the strategy of what do I want to do with this thing? Because it kind of grew on its own. And and now it's, okay, what does 2021 and the future look like? It's an interesting point that it brings up. You know, all the experts say, go out and grab all the social stuff with your name on it, whether it be the website.com or whether it be the Twitter handle or Instagram handle or Facebook page. And a lot of us have found that when you actually go out to do it, someone else has already snagged that name. So it's something to think about that maybe we weren't thinking about five or 10 years ago, but definitely need to now. Margie, let's talk about what's happening right now. Has the pandemic caused cataclysmic change with people's interests in booking podcasts? Or do you think this is just a continuation of what was happening already? It's definitely just a continuation. We have not seen like a big drop. If anything, people, there's more urgency for getting out there speaking, but we haven't seen a huge change in our industry. People get the importance now more, but we haven't been super affected yet, I would say. 
in a sense, it's almost been a proof of concept, right? The pandemic pushed people to embrace something that you've already been yelling at them for a while to tell them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. We have seven years of content of like, you need to be out there speaking virtually, you know, in addition to whatever in-person stuff you're doing. And yeah, it was definitely proof of concept. Stacey, we mentioned earlier that you started using Interview Connections. Tell us why you got involved with them and how long ago you decided that this is an important platform to build. So I had met Margie and Jess back in 2018, actually. And when I met them, knew that it it was important based upon, I mean, just the traction overall in the market and my use of podcasting, just listening to podcasts, that is. And I ended up in early 2019 talking more with Jess. And at that point, I was fully immersed in my real estate team. I was in the middle of doing a development and building homes myself. And so I knew I needed to wait. Of course, now looking back, I wish I would have um, taken action at that point. But the interest and desire to move forward with it was, you know, from a branding perspective and just knowing that it's a fantastic way to connect and the opportunities that come from it are beyond what I imagined originally. Tell me a little bit about how someone interested in real estate uses podcast guesting, because just a priori, I would think that that wouldn't necessarily be a business that lends itself to this media. Yeah. And it's such a fantastic way. And it's something I I jumped into their Facebook group and spoke about yesterday. It's such a great way for realtors because what it does is it positions you as an industry leader. You have the opportunity to share, you know, your professionalism, the tips and efficiencies, how you are excellent with other realtors so that the whole bar can raise. Additionally, what we've seen is other agents in other states reaching out to us and asking if they can set up referral agreements with our team so that we can take care of their clients and they get that 25% uh, referral fee back. So that's been the biggest way is through educating the market on what standards should be and them learning from us and then referrals coming in. Marcus, I find it interesting the way in which people use their virtual identity to forward their businesses. I get the feeling in some senses, you're a lot like me. You like being up in front of crowds. You like doing corporate trainings. You like doing motivational speaking. What role do you think a virtual presence should play in someone's platform today? Like, How important is it? I don't think you can not successfully have one, especially in this particular environment, however long this forever may be uh, with every day seeming like uh, forever. <laughs> so uh, the, the example I use, yeah, I used to do staff training. And uh, so I'm in front of a crowd, 80, 100,000. And one thing that's been real strange and honestly still haven't gotten used to, but I've heard a lot of speakers talk about this is the inability to feed off the crowd. So now, now I like ask people to participate in the chat or drop a GIF or just so I know they're out there. So I like, I drop a joke that I've been working on for months and weeks. I'm like, yeah. And it's dead silent, no laughter, <laughs> no feedback, no, no hand clap, maybe a virtual emoji comes floating up from the bottom. And like, I didn't realize the loss of what that would feel like. It's still a little bit weird and uncomfortable. And one thing I wrote down um, while Stacy was talking is 
I'm still going through the panic of how will I meet new people? Like all the conferences have been canceled. And that's primarily how I got podcast interviews and how I got all this growth. And so I'm at this establishment of a new brand in the now cut off world. And it's like, well, who do I go to and what conference would I talk to to network and expand? And so the weird thing is I do have this virtual platform and I, I have, you know, all these quote unquote followers across social media. But anyone who looks at the data, you know that you can't reach them all at one time. So I'll drop a post. I have a post, quote unquote, going viral right now. It's like a little joke with LeBron's got like 800 likes and it has nothing to do with anything. I just kind of posted in the middle of the night. Now, if I had thought about this for weeks on end, I talked to my marketing team, we'd get like 10 likes and it, it just, I dropped it at a time they had just won the championship. So now anything with LeBron's face does well. And, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to recreate that magic, but I do know that it's important to be out there. I try to drop one to three pieces of content every day. So I think we're all trying to figure out what do you do next, but I think you have to be out there and we'll, we'll just figure out the new normal. You bring up an important point. One of the frustrating things about doing a podcast for me is I was finding myself getting more and more popular. I was finding my downloads going up and up and yet it felt like crickets, right? There's not a lot of response. You know, people are listening, but there's this level of connection. And as you're talking about that LeBron tweet, I think you said, or piece of content, this idea of actually connecting with your audience, it's a little bit more than just having a virtual presence. You've actually got to connect. For me, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. So typically, uh, and I'm going like everybody, I think it feels like I'm going through the whole business coaching thing now. And I, I took a course for, you know, whatever the new strategy will be. And I'm, I'm actually coming towards the tail end of this particular program. And they're like, well, you need to drop videos and you need to see your face. So I, I used to have an entire course. I'm building a new course program. And it was all what I used to do in the past. It was all slides in my voice. And people are like, you need to be in front of the camera. People want to see you. That's why they're buying this piece of content. And of course, in my head, I'm like, why the hell would anybody want to see me? <laughs> but now in hindsight, it's like, well, if I had all that, I could have multipurposed that content. And people actually want do because if any of us, unfortunately, have logged on Facebook and in the last three months since the pandemic or six to seven months now since the pandemic started, you're seeing this influx of ads. I know I am flooded with buy this course, buy this course, buy this online thing, buy that online thing. And now I'm like, if only I had six months of video content already done, then I could get started. Whereas now I have to, to kind of build it retroactively. But I do think this is going to be the new normal so that I believe in still sharp and still that competition you still have to find a way to stand out from it. And if I have to do that on the back of this Instagram post from LeBron, then so be it. I'll find a way to repurpose this content because now I know that does well. And I'll figure out why it did well and why that resonated with people. Margie, let's talk a little bit about standing out. You guys write on your website, podcast interviews are one of the quickest and most effective ways to build more brand awareness and one of the fastest ways to establish credibility. Why do you think this medium is so powerful? Why do podcasts connect to people in some ways that maybe other forms of virtual content don't? 
I think because it's so intimate, you're kind of eavesdropping in on a deep dive conversation as a guest, you're usually like sharing your story. You're not just talking about your business. You're talking about your background, your failures, your wins. So I think the trust is so high from people because it really feels like you're listening in on a conversation. I think all of us who have podcasts we love, we sort of feel like the hosts and their guests are like our friends. So I think that's what makes it so powerful. And I I also think that there are so many ads and we do run Facebook ads too. We um, grew organically to seven figures and we just started doing paid ads this year and they're great. I'm not anti-ad, but you don't get the sense of what makes someone unique from just seeing their ad. But if you hear a 30 minute conversation with them, you understand, even if they're in a crowded industry, like business coaching, you know, exactly what makes them different from everybody else in their space. Stacy, you've now been at this for a while. Guesstimate how many podcast interviews you've done and, and what kind of impact have they had? So I would say 10, 11 have gone live. I've done 20. I have another, you know, 35 that I'm working through. I mean, impact wise, I've already seen, you know, the return on my investment with interview connections through the people that have come through, whether it's a real estate agent setting up that referral or a coaching client. And Marcus, have there been some surprises, some benefits to your virtual interactions that you weren't getting in your in-person meetings and talks? That is an excellent question. I'm going to have to say no, but I haven't thought about it in that way. I haven't really thought about what I've gained from going virtual. Actually, I do know I'm going to answer that question. Because to your point, I are to the heart of the question, you're thinking about all the things you're lost. And uh, even to Margie's comment, even as I said it about the ads, another thing that you and I feel others might have to deal with is especially as you establish what is a new brand, even though I'm 15 years in the game, everything always feels new, is you know, it feels like I'm getting bombarded with ads and I probably am. And it, it feels like the kind of the imposter syndrome is the popular term right now. Well, everyone's doing it. So there's, there's nothing else to talk about in personal finance. There's, you know, $3.9 trillion in debt out there, but I, I have nothing to add to the space of personal finance, but that's because the algorithms like this guy's a personal finance guy. So we're going to bombard him with nothing but personal finance ads. So it feels like that's all anyone's talking about. And then I go out there and I'm like, hey, I got a book. And they're like, about what? They're like, I'm like, money. And they're like, money? I've never thought about that. And I'm like, what, what the hell? <laughs> so you, you kind of have to remember that, you know, it's this targeted niche market that you're living in. And that if you feel that you have a voice or something you can bring to the table, you do. And as my friend told me several years ago, you owned a bar. Every day, someone's turning 21. <laughs> so there, there's always a new customer, as far as he was concerned, that's going to walk into his, his, his bar. To answer your question about what's gained or or lost, I would not have been able to, and I used to open this with an apology, start the brand that I have now, but for the pandemic. So the pandemic shut down my office. By the time I got back to the office, they were already, they weren't even returning to the office. And I've gone back to the office maybe six or seven times for the day job since March. And thus, so I'm working from home and I did like a lot of people. So, you know, you've seen the memes where like everyone's learning to bake artisanal bread. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm at the house. At that time, I knew that I was leaving paychecks and balances, which 
gave this influx of hours back into my life at the time when I least needed to be sitting around thinking about stuff and, you know, falling into depression. And so I was like, well, let me, oh, actually it was a Facebook ad. (laughs) It was like, you don't have anything to do. Here's a webinar. And I was like, all right, let me watch this free webinar. And I fell into the funnel of the course of the mentor and the coaching program I'm ultimately taking right now. So I think the thing that I, that was gained is one at the time when I was trying to figure out what's next, what's my legacy, whether it's either God or Facebook ads, or maybe those are one and the same, this thing arrived and just like, you need to do this. And then you, if you want to grow your brand, here's how you go about doing so that. So that's what I've gained. I, I've literally got, I got two monitors and three computers going right now during this interview. So if a ping goes off, I turn to the right and I do whatever I need to do and solve for the team at the nine to five. And if I immediately have an idea at work, that used to be like, well, let me write this down. So I leave the office and then it's 501 and I'm exhausted and I'm too tired to do anything towards the personal brand. I get home, go to sleep. And that thing that would have taken two minutes is now two weeks. I turn back to my left and I hop on the personal computer and like I update the web spot or apparently I drop this LeBron Instagram post that goes <laughs> and gets five times the amount of likes that I likes that I get on any other post. And so it's a lot. It's the pandemic has provided immediacy for me. And I would think a lot of people. Margie, as I listen to Marcus, I kind of think like, is there any going back? So clearly, if you listen to his idea flow, the way he's going about his life and his business, it is fundamentally changed because of this pandemic. What happens tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now, let's say a vaccine comes out, people all of a sudden are going back into the world Will we go back to business as usual or have we fundamentally changed? I don't think anyone is really fully qualified to make predictions at this point because we're going through something that no one has lived through. So whenever I hear someone with 100% confidence saying something, I'm like, okay, maybe. (laughs) So I, I don't know. I don't, I think it's probably fair to assume that we'll never be the same because even with COVID gone, we've lived through this. Like we know if you have grandparents who lived through the depression, they have little things that they do that are kind of weird. And it's because they went through the depression. Like maybe they don't throw anything out or they like use it way till the end. And you're like, just throw it out and open a new one. And they're like, no, because they lived through the depression. So all of us, I think will always have those things about the way we are personally and in business that are forever changed. Like, I don't think we're going to be wasting toilet paper because of what we've been through. So I think it will be different forever. I do think we're going to be able to travel at some point in the next few years. What travel looks like could change a lot. The price point of basic travel has been predicted to go up quite a bit, I believe. So will we want to travel as much? And like Stacy said, we've had this time to reevaluate. So what are we going to take back on our plate? Like there's trips that I'm probably not going to do that I would have maybe previously said yes to because I was saying yes to every travel opportunity. But now I'm like a little more selective about who I'm spending time with and, and what opportunities I'm taking. Stacy, we talked about the fact that you have a real estate business, but you also have a coaching business. You've now been getting more and more experienced at living this virtual world where you do podcasts, you're a guest, et cetera. What are you bringing to your coaching clients? What are you telling them about building up their virtual brand? So a lot of the work that I do is 
basically turning everything on its head and going from the inside out. That's the name of, of my method. And so, you know, I have clients that are in the emergency room, you know, doctors, physicians, and people that obviously have, you know, a coaching brand or a leader in um, the corporate space. And so, you know, what, what we're talking about a lot is, is connection, right. And how they can fulfill themselves without having to have that external validation and how they can navigate this. Because I mean, like we've all talked about in some way on this podcast today, you know, I know for me, I went through the process of initially, wow, I didn't realize how much I depended on, you know, going and seeing that client or interacting with a team member to get energy to move through the projects I was working on. And I think that's true for many people. And so, you know, leading people to understand how they can achieve that fulfillment and freedom within themselves. And then the interactions and connections are more of a bonus. And like Margie was saying, you know, you're more selective because you don't have to have that to feel complete. You're complete without that. And then you can do what you enjoy and be with the people you enjoy. Marcus, it's an interesting question because as we're talking about becoming more selective, I also feel like virtually people will start getting more selective as they get used to this fact that we're doing less in person and more online. So right now people are jumping into a lot of things. At some point, they will also start narrowing their focus, which means we as content producers might have to hustle a little more. Talk to me about your 2021 strategy. Where do you think you'll want to go virtually which platforms, which social media types do you think you'll be most involved in? Another one I, I heard at a, a workshop was Focus. It was actually on a course building workshop, of course, for building <laughs> courses. Yeah. yeah. And it, the acronym was Focus on One Course Until Successful. And that might be trademarked, though, because you know, whatever. So I'm not trying to get sued here. It's not mine. <laughs> but... It was interesting. That happened pre-pandemic, but it was like around that time frame, August or something to that effect. And it was fascinating hearing that because I had just come from, and I, I still believe in, if you want to grow, say yes to everything. If you want to be known, then I, and this is what my plan is for 2021, I'm very specific about what I say yes to now. Uh, like I had an, an opportunity to, to join a very successful gentleman on a, a board that he was establishing. He's already wealthy and had a bunch of other wealthy guys on it. And normally I'd have been like, yes, of course I want to. And I was like, man, I'm really trying to get to the end of this course building platform that I'm on right now. I'm about, I'm a few weeks away. Is there any way we can table this until, you know, Q1 of 2021? He said, fine. I mean, for all I know, he replaced me. But no, <laughs> two things I, th I think come from that is one, to be in a place to walk away from what could have potentially, you know, it's just an idea, been a lucrative opportunity. In the, in the past, I would have panicked and it's like I have to take all the opportunities. And I kind of phrase it as I said yes to 100 things and watch 99 things fail. Instead, now I say yes to the one thing until I see it to completion and success. So I, when I wrap up this course and this program is up and running and, and it's probably two weeks from launch, I got a soft launch going right now. I can at peace and comfortably move on to the next thing, knowing that that is done. You just kind of have to tinker with it. You know, that the big build is the, is the thing. And I think that'll be 
at least for the foreseeable future, my strategy going forward. I, I'd rather start one project, finish one project and succeed at that project, than keep failing at those 99 like I was. And I, I think that'll help some people because especially in this multimedia age where you're, you're, you have to do everything, you feel like you're failing if you're not on all the medias. In fact, Instagram, which is the platform I focused on, was a result of that. I'm like, I'm going to grow my Instagram. And I can tell you for a fact, Twitter suffered. I, I can't remember last time I got a Twitter follower. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, well, Facebook is just a phenomenon. I can't really fill it out. So I, I, I hired a guy to help with Facebook. But the point being, Instagram grew. Instagram has grown exponentially. I have proof that focusing on this one platform where I'm going to put all my energy and see it be successful paid off. And I made that decision because I also, I just said, I'm going to follow the data. And I looked at all the numbers and Twitter wasn't moving people to my website. And ultimately that'll be where I I do this course in speaking and that I want people to go to the website and Facebook wasn't moving people to the website. Instagram was moving people to the website. So why would I not grow Instagram? In the first half of the show, Stacy, Marcus, and Margie talk about how to virtually brand ourselves in this new post-pandemic world. After the break, we dive into what being a virtual content creator and consumer looks like in 2021. But first, this episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R. USA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Are you tired of spending time on spreadsheets to manage and keep track of your investments? Passive can help you invest, rebalance, and keep track of your accounts so you can get rid of your spreadsheets. Once you set your portfolio, Passive will do all the calculations to keep it balanced, send you notifications when your portfolio needs attention, and you can even place your trades across multiple accounts at the click of a button. Passive helps you keep a balanced portfolio in your brokerage account with ease. It's like being your own personalized robo-advisor. Check them out at Passive.com. That's P-A-S-S-I-V dot com. Stacey, I want to ask you a very similar question. With the virtual world so vast, what do you think you're going to focus on in 2021 to have the greatest impact? It would be, you know, to like Marcus was saying, focus on that one medium, just because as my focus shifts away from the real estate team and I get that leadership team in place to fully step away, that will be the focus. And just also a strategic approach with the people that I'm getting in touch with, you know, the, the program that I have is, you know, a one-to-one program and that will turn into one-to-many. And so 
just having that strategy of who I'm networking with and what that plan is month to month so that I can really track those numbers and people and make sure that everything's tracking along with social media. Margie, let's talk about the trends in virtual media. Interview Connections has been going for a number of years now. We know how important podcast guesting is. Are there newer things on the horizon? Are you working with clients on Facebook Lives or Instagram Lives or webinars? Are you focusing on other things besides just podcasts? And what do you think is going to be the newest and the greatest coming in the future? So no, we have gotten, like Marcus said, we have gotten as successful as we have in being multi-seven figures and, and continuing to grow beyond that by focusing on podcast interviews. So we are not offering another type of booking service. We do have a pretty robust client community and we're connecting our clients all the time. So they're, you know, like doing guest lives in each other's Facebook groups and stuff like that. But that's not like counting as their bookings. That's just a benefit of being in the community. I do know that a lot more, you know, I think there's a lot more people doing Zoom calls and live video interviews, especially in Facebook group in 2020. I think that's really valuable. We are very active in our Facebook group and in other people's Facebook groups. So we do leverage that strategy, but it's not something that we as an agency are going to be branching out into because, you know, what Marcus said is a a perfect thing. You look at what's working really well and put everything and all your focus into being the best at that and continuing to grow that rather than spreading out into a bunch of different things. Marcus, I want to transition at this point. We have spent the bulk of this conversation really from the viewpoint of a content producer or a business person. But let's talk about Marcus Garrett, the consumer. How has this virtual world changed you? Are you consuming in different ways than you did last year? Yes. So it changed me in two ways. Personally, I actually had to take a step back from a number of the things because I was starting to feel mentally overwhelmed. Actually, I, I, I took a break. And after, I think, a few glasses of wine, I actually deleted uh, my Twitter <laughs> for a while. I'm like, it's too negative, man. Everybody on here, the world is burning. I already know it's burning, so I don't need to hear about the forest fire every two seconds. Now, I think I got frustrated one day and deleted it. And then luckily, you can recover it. <laughs> so I've actually taken a step back from the social media in all the way back from the news because even going back to my earlier comment is I started reading this stuff and I'm like, you know, nothing's really changed from 8 a.m. then 8 p.m. But I read I've read 8000 tweets in between and it's just people arguing about what they were arguing about at 8 a.m. And I was like, maybe I should just check the news at 8 p.m. because people will be 12 more hours informed and I don't have to digest eight hours of generally negative content. And it's Weird because Twitter is my favorite personal app. And I actually said this yesterday, arguably the most informed causation is not correlation, but it's the angriest social media. It's the angriest platform that I'm on. It seems like every time I log on, someone is angry about something. And I was like, I got to leave behind this thing that I really enjoy for my own benefit. Completely deleted Snapchat. And I think I, I deleted a few others. And it just kind of went back to Instagram, the note that I I wrote also, and I'm not yet, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that Instagram is making me rich. I'm not an influencer, although I don't think a lot of influencers are rich either. (laughs) Heaven forbid what the pictures show. But one, I actually enjoy it. And 
mentally and professionally, it helps me. So if you can find something that you enjoy, for which podcasting was for a number of years for me, and get paid for it, I mean, you know, you know, that's what all the memes and all the pictures that float around are about. Like, so I'm trying to find something that I can enjoy and get paid for. And I think that'll be my drivers for 2021. And the only other thing I would add is, can I prove that with the data? Because there, there definitely be times where I'm like, I know, I know, I know in my heart of hearts, this is going to work. There'll be weird things where like something will do well on Facebook, Snapchat, every other app. And then I post it on Instagram and it flops. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and so I got to kind of make peace with that if the data doesn't support it. I I love what you said about leaving Twitter. I think that that is a big change I've experienced in myself as a consumer. I am so picky about what I'm going to take in because we all have to do so much better to stay physically and mentally healthy. No matter, even if you haven't been personally affected by COVID, it's a lot of constant stress, even just subconsciously. And I actually, so I am a true crime lover. My favorite podcast in the entire world is my favorite murder. I've seen them live twice. I pre-ordered their book. I don't listen to their show anymore and I love them, but I have not listened to true crime or watched any true crime in 2020. All my podcasts are motivational, like law of attraction, positivity, because I just, I'm so conscious of what I'm taking. And if I turn on something on Netflix and in the first few minutes, I don't feel good, even if it's not an upsetting thing, even if I'm just like, oh, I don't love this. I'm out like, because you have to be so careful. And as creating content, that's, I've found myself talking more about personal development, even in content about podcast marketing. And I've always been really into personal development, but I wasn't necessarily talking about it. I was just behind the scenes doing a lot of personal development, coaching our team internally on on their personal development. But it's like now you can't separate that out from everything else you're talking about. And that's been a really cool evolution, I think. Stacey, you talk to people and coach them about personal development, and you've been developing your virtual footprint. Yet on the same time, if you're like Marcus and Margie, you might be stepping back from some of your own consumption. Does it feel a little funny spending a lot of time kind of professionally building up your brand and then realizing that on the other side, what you need to do is narrow and focus? It definitely does. You know, it's it's been a whole new experience, you know, getting into this, this world in this way. And I've, I've had to double down on my focus, you know, of when I am going on what I'm doing and be really mindful of not checking that post out or, you know, that person out that I would typically go and, you know, enjoy reading. And so it's, it's been a great exercise in a way because it's been a challenge to narrow down that focus. And I've ended up with the most odd purchases. Like recently I just bought a, a jaws or size where you put this thing in your mouth and you build up all these muscles in your face and your face lifts. <laughs> so, you know, all this random stuff also that's come out of it, which is like, I don't ever buy stuff like this, but be- because of the pandemic, I now jaws or size. So Marcus, sum it up for us. If you were to put this all together, and tell a story about what it means to be a virtual human being in 2020. Give us a sense. What's going on? What do people need to know? What should they be doing? I think without being cliche, 
to regulate the noise. So for me, there was I was actually getting overwhelmed by all the signals. And I'll, I'll talk about this because one, I think you need to, but uh, I was going to therapy actually before the pandemic. And I, I stopped as I moved and relocated. And actually, she's probably virtual now. But that being said, I, I kind of went through this exercise of that was a work-related trigger, but it opened me up to the recognition of what my stress factors were. So for me, it was, I had all this uh, stress and pain in, in my neck and I was like, oh man, it must be the gym. I'm working out too much. I never went to the gym. <laughs> and she was like, actually, I think that's chronic stress. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, oh, that actually makes more sense because I am chronically stressed and I don't go to the gym. And, but as going through that exercise, we were able to identify like what my triggers were and what would happen for me is like, I'd read like, this tweet or something like, you know, two weeks earlier that I didn't think bothered me, but it's just kind of like that voice in the back of the head. It'd be like that person like, you suck, you know? And I'm like, "Hmm, what? Who said that? And then like, you know, two weeks later, it's the only thing that I'm thinking about. Like, man, is is everything that I've done over the last 15 years been a waste of time because of that troll on Twitter? And I was like, you know, let me take a step back from these things. I would encourage people to find the avenues uh, or venues because there's there's just so much stress out there. And it's not a failure to take a step back from all the noise. I think some people are like, well, if I'm not on everything, I failed. If I'm not always out there being positive, I failed. I'm not always talking to my followers, I, I failed. And I don't see it that way. And I don't think Actually, I know that the followers haven't seen it that way either. They still show up. If anything, they're more eager because I'm less available. So like when I do show up somewhere, they're like, I want to hear what he has to say. And I think it was to Marcus' point. I've also been very transparent. Like, hey, guys, I'm taking a step back for Marcus, not the Marcus Garrett, the brand, but for Marcus. Still love y'all. Still want to be available, but I need to take a step back so I can be the person that you've grown used to and look forward to and want to see out there. That I, I think... For whatever that timeline will be for people, that'll be the foreseeable future. But what I've tried to even encourage myself to is stop saying back to normal. You had an excellent question, like, will, will we return to normal? And I know my answer is no. I think there will be a new normal. And the reason I can say that so confidently in my case is my job is already like we might never come back. Like mentally prepare yourselves. Like I got a survey the other week. They're like, hey, I think they're just kind of like, you know. First, they kept doing this thing where like, we're going to extend it a month. They're going to extend it a month. And then they just stopped talking about it. <laughs> and so, I'm like, are, are we coming back? And then they sent a survey, like one of those exploratory, hey, if, if you could only return for 50% of the time, how would you feel about that? And whatever the old normal was, I don't see it coming back in that way. But I do think there'll be good things to come from what this new normal will be. Margie, it's it's an interesting point because as I'm listening to Marcus, I'm thinking that some of the toxicity of our virtual world and just some of the overwhelm of having all of this input hit us at once is that we counterbalance it with in-person meetings and get-togethers. We even counterbalance it a little bit with physical touch. And one of the things that I personally wonder is how we're going to make up for that in this current virtual world. I mean, Marcus talks about emojis and finding other ways to express emotion when we're interacting with each other virtual, but I almost feel like something is lost just because we don't have that physical closeness. Well, 
I mean, I'm probably a bad person to ask because I'm an introvert. So I'm like kind of chilling. Like <laughs> I could do this for a really, I could live like this for a long time. I'm one of those people who I'm like really, really, really close with my core circle. So I, as long as it was really hard for me to be quarantined for my mom because she's higher risk. So for the first few months, I wasn't seeing her and I was buying her groceries and I was leaving them on her porch. Like, now that I'm like, it, I have like, we can have our circle so I can see my mom and I can see like my girlfriend's family. I, I'm very happy because I feel like I'm still getting the closeness that I need from the people who I care the most about. And it's kind of like doubling down on Instagram because that's your most valuable platform. Like I'm doubling down on my most valuable relationships. I'm closer with them than I've probably ever been. I was traveling every single month. Now I'm home. I'm helping my mom with all these house projects that I previously didn't have time to help her with. I'm spending more time with her. So in that way, I feel like it's been great. I think it just depends on your perspective. I love that as an exclamation point to this conversation, doubling down on your personal relationships, on those you can control, and certainly those close by, because our virtual world is exploding. And as both content producers and consumers, it's more important than ever to understand your virtual identity, your footprint, your brand even your preferences for how you want to interact with the world. This has been a great conversation. And I really want to thank you guys for coming on and having it. I want to end this episode the way I end every episode and give you a chance to tell us what's up next in your life and where we can find you. Marcus, why don't we start with you? Well, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm most active on Instagram, but you can find me universally branded on every platform except for TikTok. I don't want to get caught up with the whole Russian thing going on right now at themarcusgarrett.com. Uh, you can find everything you need as well as download a free chapter of the book of Debt Free or Die Trying. Stacy, tell us what's going on and where can we find you if you want to learn more? Yes. So the best place to find me is on my website, which is limitlesswithstacyb.com. My last name, as you know, is quite long. So everyone that knows me calls me Stacy B. So Limitless with Stacy B is the best place. And Margie, I found you as well as Stacy, as well as I think a number of other guests through Interview Connections. So tell us what's going on with Interview Connections and how can we interact if we want to know more information. Yeah, the best way to connect with us is actually our Facebook community, our free Facebook community, the Guest Expert Profit Lab at interviewconnections.com slash group. Jess and I are in there multiple times a week. We're doing free trainings and it's a fun ongoing conversation. So it's a great place to learn, but also a great community. This has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I wanted to thank Marcus Garrett, Stacey Berenfuss, and Margie Feldhune. That's a wrap. I feel like at the end of this year, 2020, we all have to ask ourselves one big important question. What is your virtual persona? What is your virtual personality? Who are you online? Up until this year, I didn't really worry too much about this aspect of how I face friends, family, and even you all, listeners to the Earn and Invest podcast. The reason why is I didn't see me as innately a virtual human being. 
I thought that I used the virtual space to promote my podcast, to connect with people, but that was only a small part and parcel of who I was. Most of my true connection happened in person, whether I went to meetings or gatherings or meetups, whether I saw people socially or even from a work standpoint, I really more defined myself by my in-person interactions. That all changed this year, and I think it changed for many of us. 2020 has shown us that our virtual personality is more important than ever. And this is not just for us content producers, because we are out there trying to promote something we're doing. So it makes sense that we pay a lot of attention to the virtual world. But also as content consumers and just as citizens, it's becoming more and more important to define who we are virtually. And this is complicated because unlike our experiences in person, unlike what happens when we see someone at a conference, what we put out into the virtual world is basically forever. That tweet, that blog post, that Facebook post, certainly we can erase them, but they exist digitally. And digital almost seems like forever. So in a sense, we're curating our own virtual identity based on the information and interactions we put out there in the world. And it's a little bit daunting. Who are we? How will we be perceived? How will the content we produce travel throughout our virtual world? These are all questions that I believe we always ask ourselves, but now have become more and more pertinent. And the truth is, I don't know the answer. I don't know how to nail that virtual persona perfectly. I don't know how to create an identity in the virtual world that matches that which I've spent a whole life building face-to-face, in person. It's a brave new world, a world that we've been dipping our toes into for years and years, getting more and more comfortable, but 2020 was different. Maybe it was the pandemic, maybe it was working from home. It went from evolution to revolution, from slow change to quick, and we're all adjusting. That's why I thought it was important to have this conversation today. That's why I wanted to get Marcus and Stacy and Margie on to talk to you about some of the changes in their lives and how they've been managing their virtual personas. I think it's a conversation we're going to continue to have. I think it's going to get more and more important in the future. And I doubt that even once we hopefully get past this pandemic, that we are going to go back to the normal that was there before. Our virtual lives have now blossomed, and I don't think they're going to disappear. Even if we are back to working in person, even if we resume our old travel schedules and our meetings and conferences and get-togethers, the Pandora's box has been open. And now, 
for better or for worse, will deal with the consequences. Like I said, I don't know the answers, but I certainly know that we can explore them here on Earn and Invest as we continue to plot out how to be successful in money and life and community. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you guys. This is such a different kind of conversation. So thank you for putting up with my questions. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the world has changed. And as Marcus, Mm -hmm. you're saying, I don't think we can try to go back to normal anymore. And it's cool to see how people are making their way through it. So I think all three of you are doing very interesting things in this new world. And I think shine a light on what we need to do to progress and move on, whether that be in our businesses or even in our personal lives. And so it's cool to watch you do what you do. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off. U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.